make your mark, huh? Who's ready to make their mark? Are you ready? You're probably, I don't know what kind of mark I'm making in this world, but that's why you're here, right? And God gave me a very specific word for this, uh, for this weekend. He actually gave this word to me a couple of weeks ago, um, and I just saved it for like an MC moment. And then like 48 hours ago, it's like, no, you're going to put a full message together. Yay. And you're going to do everything else you do for fashion. Yay. You're going to go to bed at 1 a.m., wake up at 5 a.m., put the message together at 7 a.m., and run the service at 9 a.m., and then get on stage. Because <laughs> that's just how God does it, right? That's my mom. That's my mama right there. <laughs> I also have my mother-in-law, sister-in-law in the audience. Give them a wave. Woo! The LaGuardia's in the house, too. You know, it just wouldn't be the same without family, but mom's are our biggest fans, aren't they? They are. So, you know, I just, this word that God gave me for this weekend was make your mark, leave it better than you found it. Leave the world, the boardroom, the classroom, the living room, the bedroom better than you found it. We have the ability to step into rooms and change the atmosphere. Will we tear it down or will we raise it up? Will we bring life or will we bring death? Leave it better than how you found it. And I bring this, this word around this because I feel like it's so personal to me. It's a personal mission to me. I want to be the type of girl that can walk into a room and if it's sad, I want to make it happy. If it's boring, I want to bring the party, right? Especially... Uh, with the mission that God has put in, in my heart and in George's heart. And some of you, most of you know that we are planning and preparing to launch a church just like this on the other side of the world in Barcelona. We were also there uh, just a, a week ago for two weeks, him and I, scouting it out, checking out the streets, meeting people. And ladies, can you believe that we have someone that I met, didn't know before going there in Barcelona who's here today? Libby, where's Libby at? Libby, raise your hand. I met her in Barcelona. And she's here, y'all. Ah! Ah! I just get so excited. Huh. God is doing something. While we were there, we, um, we met with um, 11 people. Um, some we knew, some we didn't. Some of them saying, hey, we want to help you build your church in Barcelona, People Church. We want to help you carry out the vision with you. And um, we were so impacted by that. I have a photo that I want to show you. Um, this is the first time we're showing it in public. Um, I think production has it. You guys got it? Let's see. Oh, look at us. We cute. We so cute. We cute, cute, cute. No, 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 no. Nah, girl. We retired. I'm a mama veteran. Now, that's us in front of Sagrada Familia. Um, we took some photos there just to kind of promote what, you know, the church launching there. So that's us. We left the kids behind. It was the first time we did that for two weeks. Mom, thank you for looking after them. But um, I just wanted to kind of share a little bit about, you know, our time there. So that's it. That's all. But we want to talk about how we're going to leave the rooms in our lives better. So let's get into it. You are a bringer of life. Do you know that there's been an assault on women 
since the beginning of the creation of the planet. I'm going to give you a little context. The garden, right? God creates the earth. He creates man. He creates Eve, his helper, his partner, his companion. And then Satan comes, and Audrey talked a little bit about how the enemy wants to take uh, the pedestal, and he wants to sit himself on it. And that's exactly what he went for with Eve. He tried to kick her off her pedestal, and he succeeded. And I want to bring your attention to Genesis 3, verse 15 in the NIV. Because after she eats of the fruit and the fall of man happens, God forms a promise here. And it says, I will put hostility between you and the woman. He's talking to Satan. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. He's talking to Eve, letting her know that she will have an enemy, and it is Satan. And he will attack her womanhood and her womb. Why would he attack the womb? Because God promised a Messiah and a deliverer to redeem his people and to bring relationship back. And the way he was going to do that was through the womb. So he's been attacking femininity, womanhood, and your womb your whole life. Because if he can keep you from making your mark in this world, if he can stop you from achieving what you're supposed to achieve in this world, then he has won. But God makes us a promise. He will crush your head. Jesus will crush the head of the enemy when he enters the world. This is why there is genocide in the Bible. This is why there are babies slain generation after generation. Because the enemy's schemes was to kill the redeeming Messiah that was to come to be the savior of the world. He's attacked women from day one. Have you ever wondered why your life kind of seems to not be going so good? You ever wondered? A negative again. How did I do that? talking about my bank account (laughs) not the attitude (laughs) Uh, any moms in the house we see you you ever wonder why that mama bear instinct just exists it's because you were born to protect that womb and that child it's because the enemy's plan is to attack what the offspring that comes from your womb because he hates women You were designed to be a bringer of life. Now, for those of you who don't have children, you're like, girl, I ain't even married yet. What you talking about the womb? (laughs) Carrying babies. I can't even find a man. What you talking about? (laughs) That'll happen. They're, they're They're cackling over there. They know exactly what I'm talking about. But I say that because although that may not have happened for you yet, Although you may be in a waiting period for that in your life, hey, there's still life that you can bring into into certain rooms, right? There are no accidents. You, I have to say this here this morning, you were not an accident. I don't know what circumstances may have brought you into the world, but you have purpose. Your life is worth living and not mediocre. But it's worth living in full. Are you building it up or are you tearing it down? Are you destroying it with words, attitudes, actions? That is not 
God's plan for your life? What is holding you down today? What has pinned you down? I don't know what it is. I know what's held me back. I know my own story, but you have your own. Whatever it is, I promise you right now, he came to crush the devil's head. Whatever it is that's holding you back right now in the name of Jesus will be broken over your life. Hallelujah. It's not your portion. This will not be your life. This is something I had to speak into my own life. I had to look in the mirror and say, girlfriend, this is not your portion. Say it out loud. This is not my portion. This will not be my life. Think, say it. Yes. It's all good. We're all sisters here. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And he wants to help you get to where he wants you. Let me tell you, Jesus is in the business of stepping into rooms and leaving it better than he found it. And I want to just show you a quick example on how he modeled that for us in the Bible. In Luke chapter 13, verse 10, it says, On Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. And a woman who was there was crippled by an evil spirit for 18 years. She was completely bent over and could not straighten up. When Jesus saw that woman, I love him so much because he sees you today. You think you're in a crowd. You think you're kind of hanging back, but he sees everything that's going on today. Okay. That's our Jesus. That's our Lord. That's our, our God. He sees us. He called her over because he's not going to leave you where you're at. This is that call this weekend for you. He's saying, come on, honey. Come on. I see you. Come on over here. And he said, you are now well. He didn't say you're going to get well. He said, I think you're going to get well. He said, you are well right now. There's a difference there. Then he placed his hands on her. And at once she stood up straight and praised God. And that's my prayer for women this, this morning. My prayer for women is that he will release, he will heal he will restore and you will stand up straight, neck high, and give praise to God. I'm believing that and speaking that over your life here today. Who's ready for points? Hey, 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 hey. Love some points because I'm organized. Yes. Hey, girl. I hear you. My points kind of come out of this, these verses. I don't even know where these points came from, if I'm honest. It was the spirit of God because I was shaking in my pants this morning. I said, Jesus, you need to come through. And this is what he gave me. Point number one, in this verse, he is showing us and modeling for us that if you're crippled by anything, he commands. He told her, you are now well. And you have the same power. You can command to. You can command to. You don't have to lay down to the things that are happening to you. With Jesus as your guide, with Jesus by your side, he is giving you permission to command the things that need to shift. To command the things that need to be realigned. He talks in the present tense. You are now well. Point number one. Point number two. I love this. The verse says, Jesus placed his hands on her. And I'm telling you, you can do this too. You have the power 
with the Holy Spirit to lay hands on someone, on a situation, on a thought, and you can shift. We're going to go to the Old Testament. I'm sorry. But it's my favorite tool. I have to explain to you. There is a, there is a, a, a little nugget of gold here with the laying of hands. Ooh, y'all not ready for this. Y'all not ready. There is a secret with the laying of hands. You see, in the Old Testament, we could not be in relationship with God because being in his presence meant that we would burn up. So he had to provide a way to be in relationship with his people. And they would, uh, he, it was required for priests to cleanse themselves. And once a year, they would atone is the word. I know it's a very churchy word, but stick with me here. Okay. They'd have to kind of clean themselves so that they can present themselves before God and say, God, here's the mess we made. Can you forgive us? And I'm going to lay hands on this goat and forgive the sins. And the goat will walk away into the wilderness and all the sins of the people would go with it. Leviticus 16.21. The priest shall lay both his hands on the head of a live goat and confess it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins and he shall put on and he shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness that is a symbolic um, gesture laying of hands and I love that Jesus did this. He laid his hands on this woman. And what he did was he forgave every transgression, every mistake, and sent her healed and on her way never to remember it again. Point number three. Jesus heals. Jesus didn't command his disciples to pray for the sick. He said, heal the sick. That is a commandment. That means that that power that he transferred into them for them to do it, you have it too through the Holy Spirit. Luke 9, 1 through 7 says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people don't welcome you, Leave their town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them, and set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. I love that Jesus gives us the same rights that he had. And Jesus loves us so much that he went to that cross, died for us so that we can have relationship with the Father and be restored he gave us an opportunity to be in relationship with a God that wants us to live out our purpose. Purpose is that one thing that will haunt you for the rest of your life. If you do not open yourself up at some point, say, God, you've got to help me here. God, you've got to reveal something to me here. I know I'm called to something. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know all the details, God, but there's something that I'm called to. If you're there, you're in a good place. 
if you don't even realize that that's an opportunity for you, you're still in a good place because this is your moment. So great. I, um, I want to, I don't know if I can do this without crying, but I'm going to try. All right. It's about to get real. It's about to get real, y'all. Okay. So um, there was a time in my life, man, it was very dark. And it's a time where you think it shouldn't be. It's a time where you think you should be rejoicing. It's a time that the world tells you is so joyful and amazing. And I found myself in that season and not feeling any of those things. And I started to think, there's something wrong with me. I'm supposed to be happy, right? This was a time when I um, had decided to quit my job, sacrifice to be home with my children, who are like the most important thing to me in the world. And I felt so much shame, so much guilt, because I wanted to be with them, because I'm a control freak, and no one's going to do it as good as me. So I'm going to sacrifice so I could be with you little ones. Sorry. <laughs> Anyone relate? I mean, am I the only one? Oh my God, these children. Let me pick up my tissue. I need it now. <sighs> Listen, it was the best decision I ever made. But while I was going through it, I was like, why did I do this? Don't they pay people for this? Why isn't anyone paying me to do this? Oh, good Lord. It was a sacrifice, but it was very well worth it. Now that I'm out of that season and I look back, I see that it was worth it. But while I was going through it, I felt very alone. I felt like I wasn't achieving the greatness that I was called to. I thought I'd never sing again. I thought I'd never be on a platform because I'm spending my time focused on something that doesn't look anything like my future. I'm such an idiot sometimes. <laughs> of course, this is sowing into my future. It's my children. If they're lost, then what good is it, right? I know this is already speaking to some folks in here, right? So why do I bring this up? I bring this up because I'm the girl who's going to look at herself in the mirror and go, this ain't your life. It ain't going to be like this. You've got this. You're going to press through it. You're going to speak into it. You're going to command. You're going to lay hands. And you're going to heal. Even if it's myself. I will start with me. So I can't go do that for anyone else unless I start with me. So I began to command. Say, no, girl, you're going to get up. We, we ain't staying here. We're not laying, we're laying down here. These kids raising these babies is hard. I think I did a good job, though. They are amazing children. I do. I really do. But I wanted to share something because I didn't want to let um, my calling and my purpose die just because I was feeling a certain type of way. And if you're feeling a certain type of way in any season, don't let your purpose slip through your fingers. Command in Jesus' name. And it was in that season that I decided, okay, this is where I'm at. We live on one income. I'm raising my kids the best that I can. I will stay focused on my calling. I'm going to stay focused on my purpose. And I'm going to do what I can with what's in my hand right now. And it was just me and my laptop typing away. And I felt like God birthed a dream to write a book. 
I'm like, oh. Kayla's like, yeah, I'm her hairdresser. I know all about it. <laughs> yes, she does. You know your hairdresser knows all your business too, so don't act like you don't talk your business to your hairdresser. So um, I basically have like a couple chapters. It's nothing big, but I felt like making that public today is a huge step for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So y'all got to hold me accountable because I like to make excuses. Um, but during that season, um, I sat down and um, I started to think about what message I would want to convey to the women in the world. Every shape, every size, every creed, every color, no, no matter what part of the world you're at. And I have to tell you, it's through Fashion Conference that I found my voice. It's through Fashion Conference, year after year, planning, listening, applying, taking notes, getting in there. This is where God kick-started so much for me in my life. So take advantage of your time here and get God on what's going on in your life. So um, I wrote, I don't know if it's a poem or a spoken word. I don't know what it is. But I wrote it with women in mind, okay? And I wanted you to, I wanted to read it out loud. And if you're comfortable, I'd like you to close your eyes so you can imagine what I'm going to read to you. And I hope it speaks to you. Is that okay? Okay. She seeks truth about herself. Unafraid of what is revealed because she knows it only releases her into freedom. It propels her into growth and she becomes a finer version of her being. Her bouts of lostness served its purpose. It revealed the need for a savior. She is now whole and shares her wholeness as an array of beaming colors. Her hues strike down darkness and replace it with irrevocable light. She stands against injustice and is the voice that roars into the unseen dominion where her invocations go before her in battle. She battles the enemy by choice. She demands strongholds be released. She slays with truth and the authority it possesses. She raises hell, then wars against it. Not even the undertones of lies are allowed to rest within her. She is crowned in rubies and robed in scarlet, an indication of the preponderance of the kingdom she inhabits. She gifts her king with songs about his daughters. The melodies ring familiar tones because her freedom was his doing. Her authority was bestowed by him. She sings praises of him because of her ravaging existence. Her beauty was the work of his hand. She is a bringer of life and all things good. She is fashioned to make her mark. I added that at the end. <laughs> to make her relevant. That's it. <laughs> the end. 
I just, I really imagined this, this amazing woman that God has designed each of us to be. He's designed you that way. You were not created that way on accident. He has intricately designed you to be you, and he loves you. Why don't you bow your heads as the band comes up? I'd like to pray over you. Father, I come before you this wonderful morning, God, and I just, I thank you so much for what you're doing in your girls, God. And I thank you because we no longer want to just live mediocre lives, God, but we want the life that you've designed for us. And just like Pastor Nadia shared, God, the two versions, Lord, we want the finer one. We want the one designed by you, the one with your mark, your signature on our life, God. God, I thank you. And I just want to speak healing right now over every heart that finds itself in trouble, every body that finds itself sick, every mind that is battling thoughts that are not of you right now in the name of Jesus. We command healing over every heart, every mind, every body in this house here. If there's something that's ailing you, if there's something you want to present before God, can you just raise your hand? I want to pray over you specifically. Father, you see every hand, every need that's represented in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now, whatever the need is right now, Jesus, you will begin a work in every heart, Father. Any enemy, any scheme of the enemy, God, that he has tried to put out there to hurt your daughters, God, we command it to go away in the name of Jesus. We pray a blessing and healing, God. Will you speak to your daughters? Make it clear as day, God. Give them a passion, God. Give them the authority, Father, and the boldness to look at themselves, look at them lives and say, this will not be my life. I will step into everything he has for me in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the power in this room. This room will change lives. This room will transform nations. This room will restore the lost and the broken, Father, back to you, Father. I pray for every purpose in the name of Jesus to just be fulfilled in Jesus' name right now, Father. God, we thank you. We love you. I pray you continue speaking to us this weekend. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.